So hello everyone, my name is Lee Nichols and I'd like to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. Joining us for today's discussion is Eugene Spiropoulos. Eugene is the Global Systems Business and Consulting Lead at Yokogawa. And today we're going to talk about open process automation. Hope to get some of his expertise on the subject. So with that, we got a lot of stuff to get to. I want to welcome in our guest, Eugene. How are you doing today? Hey, Lee, thank you very much. I'm doing great. It's a real pleasure being here. Absolutely. Thanks so much for giving us a couple minutes of your time here. Now, before we jump into some of the questions I have for you today, can you just provide the listeners a little bit more information about your role at Yokogawa? Uh, sure, no problem. Um, I'm Eugene Spiropoulos. I'm a systems business and consulting manager over at Yokogawa and uh, sort of a technology evangelist, um, evangelizing you know, industry technologies the best I can. Excellent. Great. So we got the right person. <laughs> All right. So I want to dive into this because I, I got several several things for you on, on this topic of open process automation. So first off, right off the bat, for, for people that might not be that familiar with it, yeah, how is open process automation different from traditional automation strategies? And I, as a follow-up to that and kind of going on the back of that, how does open process automation empower a processing engineer and what can it potentially mean for this processing industry? Hmm. Well, um, open, process, open process automation is a standard that takes a software defined approach to address the interoperability challenges across vendor components in process control generally. And so the idea is that it allows software functions and hardware components to operate in harmony regardless of the manufacturer, regardless of the vendor, in compliance with the standard. So what this means is um, if you are an end user for a processing facility, you have a lot more flexibility about how you manage the life cycle of your automation investment. You can select the technologies um, to build, maintain, operate your facility and extend the lifespan of your technology. And that removes the obsolescence pain as well as the vendor locking that a lot of these customers and end users face today. Uh, so open automation directly challenges or addresses each of those um, 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 challenges that customers face. And if you are uh, an EPC or a systems integrator, then it gives you a lot more flexibility also on how you deliver value to your customers but it also allows you to innovate um, in the process control arena. And this gives um, opportunities to add different ways, uh, you know, different ways of, of, of um, supporting customer business models. Excellent. And now this kind of goes on my next question, because with any type of system platform program, we've got to talk about how you're going to protect it. So I'm curious, how does open process automation address cybersecurity? Well, um, the idea is, you know, with open process automation, it's we're moving away from sort of the device mentality and moving further into the software arena. And the idea is to provide this security level authentication, SL2, on both software and hardware components. So Open process automation ideally should um, provide a capability to increase or improve cybersecurity approaches in process control automation platforms and also um, um, solutions for customers. 
So the idea is to make both software and hardware components part of this compliance standard and thereby increase security or enable better security across the board. Okay, okay, perfect, that makes sense. So, all right, let's talk about process manufacturers. So how can process manufacturers prepare for or adopt open process automation? Well, OBA sort of lends itself, open process automation sort of lends itself towards um, adopting these technologies um, by removing the obstacle of obsolescence. So the idea would be that um, for existing plants and facilities, they would expand their process control capabilities or extend their process control capabilities with OPA compliant hardware and software that would interoperate with their existing investments. So they can gradually at their own speed pace their way into the OPA open process automation world. Now, what does it mean, or what does open process automation mean for, say, emerging industries or even developing countries? Well, with the standard and compliance to the standard, I think it sort of opens up the opportunities in developing countries and emerging industries, because there's always been sort of this high barrier to entry in distributed control. Um, it's usually locked in by a vendor with great expense. But in this case, small applications, developing applications um, can be brought to market more flexibly and faster with a broader set of uh, vendors and manufacturers in the open process automation world. So this gives the flexibility for um, developing industries to be able to build their process control and manufacturing applications with a lot uh, more flexibility but also access to better technologies as well for them to do this. So the, so the barrier of entry to process manufacturing and process control should be decreased quite a bit by the maturity of open process automation as a standard. That's great. And this is a great segue into my next question because it is a, it's a question on standards. And I'm curious, so, so what's the difference between um, OPA or open process automation and other emerging automation standards like uh, NAMR or the User Association of Automation Technology and Process Industries. I'm wondering if you could just go through that a little bit. Well, um, in recent years, um, NAMR, OPA and so on, they are beginning to work together quite a bit in regard to the forums and, and, and the interoperability. So they're not really mutually exclusive. Um, if you look at Namur as taking interoperability on sort of a skid level or equipment level and OPA taking it all the way down to the software level um, on software functions and, and um, process execution components, um, they can both execute or they can both um, exist side by side, absolutely. So they're not mutually exclusive. Um, open process automation does take interoperability to a deeper level than Namur, but um, we do see them sort of being synergistic or in harmony with each other. Excellent. Now, I have, I have one last question for you here, and, and it's, of course, about uh, digital transformation strategy for, for end users. So my question is, how does an open process automation strategy aligned with an end user's digital transition strategy? Well, open process automation enables um, the digital transformation strategy quite a bit um, because it 
allows digital transformation to sort of penetrate deeper than it normally or has been able to in the past. Open process automation provides a lot more information, a lot more data to be taken advantage for these sorts of um, 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 comprehensive digital transformation strategies. And it also allows that context capability between process control on the functional level and other um, areas or other uh, functions in manufacturing, quality, um, um, costs as well. And so it's, 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 it opens the door for a deeper level of digital transformation all the way down to the process control level. And so that's, it, it, that allows it to fit very well and in a lot of cases enable further digital transformation strategies. Perfect. Well, Eugene, we really can't thank you enough for just giving us a couple of minutes of your time to talk about this crucial topic on open process automation. So really want to thank you on that. Um, and then lastly, of course, we want to thank all of you for listening to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. It's a real pleasure, Lee. I appreciate it very much. And um, thank you very much for this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you, Eugene.